Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Christian Fellowship. We are a family on a journey to become more like Christ, sharing His kingdom by expressing His love. We hope that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. Thank you, Michael, and good morning to every one of you. Wonderful to see all of you that you are well. And... Um, and continuing with uh, with the circumstances that we are facing at this time with the lockdown, we thank God that we are all healthy and well, and we give praise to the Lord for that. Now, I want you to read a couple of verses with me from your own Bible. So I'm going to give you a few seconds to get your Bibles, because I would like you to read these few verses from Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 to 27, Matthew's Gospel. Please open your Bibles and read these very words of Jesus from your own Bible, verse 24 through to 27. These are the verses that somehow the Spirit of God has locked my attention on them during this whole week, and I have been pondering and reading them over and over again, meditating on them, in order to receive the wisdom that they contain for facing the current situations that we are facing in our country and worldwide. I believe these words of Jesus are very relevant for the time that we are living in. So let's pray that the Lord would give us fresh wisdom and understanding concerning the words of Jesus that he spoke in Matthew 7, verse 24 to 27. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you for Jesus, who is the living word of God. We pray that you give us ears to hear this morning that you give us eyes that are able to see things that somehow we have missed before. And we pray that by your spirit, you touch our hearts and soften it and make it pliable and understanding concerning your word and your ways. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew 7, verse 24 through to 27. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock and the rain descended, the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Now, these very words which fell from the Master's lips over 2,000 years ago, have kept coming back to my mind as though the Spirit of God was literally instructing me to take a closer look at the depth of wisdom 
by which our Lord Jesus continues to speak to us today. Jesus said there are only two classes of people in this world. The wise who have built their lives on the rock and the foolish who have built their lives and security on the sand. There is no class in between. Either you are among the camp of the wise or you are in the camp of the fools. The only thing Jesus said that separates the wise is obedience to the teachings of Jesus. Obedience to the word of God. Jesus spoke of the storms of life and the crisis we often face in this world and he likened them like the rain, the floods, and the wind that would come upon all people, irrespective of whether you are a believer or unbeliever, whether you're young or old. But it, you see, the storms that, that, that would come, they have no respect of persons. They have no respect of age or culture or nationality, but the only thing they respect is obedience to the teachings of Jesus. That's what he said. He said the one class of people which are the wise will survive the storms and the crisis of life, while the other class of people will suffer great loss. Now, the wise, Jesus said, will stand and continue to, uh, to stand even in the most severe crisis of life. Why? Because they were adequately prepared for such times of adversity. This is very important. They prepared for times of crisis. It didn't come to them as a surprise. They, didn't, they might not know what would happen, but they were thoroughly prepared. And we asked the question, of course, how did they prepare? They obeyed the teachings of Jesus. That's how they prepared. Their obedience to the word of God and the submission to the lordship of Jesus prepared them to face all kinds of storms and overcome them. Because the foundation made all the difference. They dug deep until they found rock and they laid their foundation of their building or whatever they were building upon the rock, who is none other than the words of Jesus himself. They listened to the wisdom of God and faithfully and consistently obeyed when it was both convenient or inconvenient. They obeyed in good times and in bad times. That's why Jesus called them the wise. If I can put this into a simple, uh, a simple language, the wise put their trust in the eternal and unchanging word of God and adapted their lives accordingly. Years ago, I want to share a, a brief testimony with you concerning 
preparation and being prepared for all sorts of crises. Years ago, I was led by the Lord to go into what we call full-time ministry. In other words, we were to transition from being a businessman into an evangelist, go out into the field, preach the gospel, start a church on a full-time basis. I was instructed by the Lord together with my wife to sell whatever we had in Zimbabwe and move into South Africa. Now, I recall very vividly when I asked the Lord, how would we make it financially because we had no organization behind us that promised to support us? The business that we had, we sold. So naturally, I would ask the question, Lord, how would we be provided for? We had three small children. The Lord spoke these words to me. He said, I will provide for you. And then he said something else. The foundation, he said, which you laid beneath your feet through your tithes and offerings will hold you up and will provide a return for your giving. I will never forget those words. And then I've learned a principle. And this is the principle that I have learned. The words of God you practice in your life become the foundation upon which you walk, upon which you work in safety and security in every sphere of your life. I want to say that again. This is an unchanging principle from the Word of God. The words of God we practice day in and day out, they become the solid foundation upon which we walk, and work in safety and security in every sphere of life. When it comes to the financial sphere, when it comes to our marriage, when it comes to the work of our hands, the words that we practice, that we adopt, that we, uh, that we obey, whether it's convenient or inconvenient, whether it's profitable or unprofitable, they become the solid foundation upon which we stand and walk. You see, the storms, Jesus said, were not the cause of the failure of the foolish. And it's important for us to understand that. What brought the house down were not the storms or the crisis of life. What brought them was their dependence on the wrong things. In other words, they build on sand, on shaky ground, on a shaky foundation. The things they depended on could not stand the weight or the pressure which the storms and the crisis brought upon them. You know, so many people today, and you hear it almost every day, blame their calamities, their failures in life, on so many other things rather than the choices they made in life. They would blame the economy, they would blame the government, they would blame their spouse, they would blame the circumstances, except the choices they made. You see, the choices they made, that is the foolish camp, not to obey the word of God, 
the choice they made not to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness were the real cause of their downfall. You see, God, our Heavenly Father, blessed every creation with the freedom of choice. He gave us a free will to make our own choices in life. But choices have consequences. Every choice we make has a consequence, and we cannot control the consequences. We may control the choices we make, but we cannot control the outcome of those choices. In Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 19, God spoke to the children of Israel and he said this, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. The wise, of course, according to the Lord Jesus, they chose life. They chose the blessing and they chose obedience to the truth. You see, obedience to the word of God and submission to the Lordship of Jesus and his will is the only place, the only place we find divine protection from all forms of destruction. There we will find provision even in times of drought and famine or times of economic recession or depression. We will find divine protection and guidance even in the midst of darkness and confusion. God's word promises that to the obedient. Here is a portrait of a wise man who not only loves to hear the words of Jesus, but he promptly obeys them as well. And I want to read a few verses to you. You can turn there with me from the book of Psalms, 112 verses 3 to 8. It's important that you see that from your own Bible as well. Psalms 112 and we're going to read verse 3 to verse 8. This is what God promises to those who delight in the word of God, who not only hear the word, but also obey it. Wealth and riches will be in his house. Psalm 112 verses 3 through 8. Wealth and riches will be in his house and his righteousness endures forever. Unto the upright there arises light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. A good man deals graciously and lends. He will guide his affairs with discretion, and surely he will never be shaken. The righteous will be in everlasting remembrance. He will not be afraid of evil tidings. If there is one thing that goes around worldwide today is the spirit of fear. P 
People are panicking wherever you go. I went the other day out to do some shopping. You can literally see the fear on the faces of people. They are terrified of this virus. And yet the Bible says God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. The most effective weapon of the enemy is fear. Once you open your heart and your door to the spirit of fear, you are headed for catastrophe. Yet the Lord says that this man, this man who loves and obeys the word of God, he will not be afraid of evil tidings and he will never be shaken. What a wonderful promise. His heart is steadfast. In other words, is established trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He will not be afraid until he sees his desire upon his enemies. What wonderful promises God gives to those who love and obey the word of the Lord. You see, in this verses of scripture, we see that the wise experience divine prosperity, both financially and spiritually. This is a man or a woman who, according to the word of God, fears the Lord and takes great delight in his commandments. You can see that in the very verse first of Psalm 112. It says, blessed is the man who fears the Lord and he greatly delights in the commandments of God. Now the psalmist also said, and this is a psalm that most of us know, if not all, Psalm 91 and verse 1 says, He who dwells or lives in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Have you ever wondered or asked the question, what is that secret place of the Most High? I have, because I want to know. Because if I don't know what the secret place of the Most High, how can I abide under it? Well, it's very simple. According to the scripture, it is the place of humility and obedience. It's the place of submission to the authority and lordship of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we look around us today, the nations all over the world are being shaken right now. They are shaken physically, emotionally, socially, and financially. Hebrews speaks of this worldwide shaking that we are experiencing right now. And I want you to see that from your own Bibles also. Hebrews chapter 12, beginning with verse 27 through to 29. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 27 through to 29. I'm going to read it from the New King James Version as well as the message translation. This is what the word of the Lord prophesied hundreds of years ago. Yet once more, I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now this yet once more indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken as of things that are made 
that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. Now let's look at those words from the message. This is what it says. One last shaking from top to bottom, stem to stern. The phrase one last shaking means a thorough house cleaning, getting rid of all the historical and religious junk so that the unshakable essentials stand clear and uncluttered. Do you see what we've got? An unshakable kingdom. And do you see how thankful we must be? Not only thankful, but brimming with worship, deeply reverent before God, for God is not an indifferent bystander. He's actively cleaning house, torching all that needs to burn, and he won't quit until it's all cleansed. God himself is fire. The foolish, Jesus said, will suffer great loss through this shaking that has come upon all of us. And let us not kid ourselves. There are many businesses that will go under. After the shaking is over, some of them will not survive it. Many will lose their jobs. They will not survive this crisis. And um, though you may ask the question, well, will the Christians be able to escape and survive and stand strong during this crisis? Not necessarily. Just because we have a name and we are called Christians or believers, that will not save us. The only thing that will cause us to stand is obedience to the teachings of Jesus. The foolish, Jesus said, they heard the words of Jesus, but they did not mix faith and obedience with what they heard. In other words, it went from one ear, came out the next. Therefore, the words they heard or the gospel they heard did not profit them, nor did they make any difference in their lives. Much like the children of Israel, the writer to the Hebrews speaks about. Listen to what he says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2. Speaking about our forefathers, the children of Israel. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. They heard the word, but they did not obey it. Because of the disobedience to the very words they heard, they incurred enormous losses. And Jesus said they were foolish. Now, the Lord Jesus made it very clear, and it's important for us to understand this and to receive his words with fear and reverence in our hearts. He said that only those who do the will of God will enter heaven and experience the blessings of heaven. 
Let's hear his very words again on the subject of obedience. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 through to 23. Matthew 7, verse 21 to 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name, and then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Well, you may say to me, as you hear these words, Pastor, I have not been obedient to the word of God. I have not submitted my life to the Lordship of Jesus. I obeyed only when it was convenient or only when it suited me. What's going to happen to me? Well, it's a good question, and I'm glad you asked that question. Here is the answer. Here's the good news. The good news is it's never too late to repent and do what is right in the sight of God. If we will humble ourselves before him, acknowledge our disobedience and genuinely repent, God promises that he will forgive us, he will cleanse us from our transgressions, and in his great mercy and compassion, he will bring us back under the shadow of his divine protection and provision. And that is a promise from God. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18, promises the following. This is the Lord speaking. Isaiah 1, 18. Come now and let us reason together. God is calling us to the table. and says, let's reason together. And when we come to reason with the Lord, we need to come on the level of his word. He says, though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Very important promise from God. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Now, according to the word of God, we must not only be willing, but obedient as well. Nothing in this world, and I want you to hear this, nothing in this world can substitute obedience to the truth. We cannot pray our way out of disobedience. And we cannot fast our way out of disobedience. The time for playing church, I believe, has come to an end. And we need to get serious with God, serious with his word, and thoroughly examine our faith and our relationship with him. His word declares... In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13, 
There is no creature that is hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and they are open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. And I believe during this time and worldwide shaking that everything is being shaken that can be shaken, God in his mercy is giving us, the church, a severe warning and an opportunity to repent and to return to him with our whole, whole heart. And the way back, according to the scriptures, is only through repentance and obedience to his teachings. And I believe it's time to ask the Holy Spirit to show us areas of disobedience in our very own lives, things which displease and grieve his spirit. And when he does and shed his light and he, he begins to highlight those areas, what we need to do is to repent of them and by his grace do what is right in his sight. Let me tell you what repentance does. First of all, repentance softens the heart and prepares the heart for the outpouring of God's Spirit. It ushers in a time of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. That's why repentance is so vitally necessary and important, especially during this time. One other thing, it breaks up the fallow ground of our hearts. It removes, as I said, the stony heart, removes layers of hardness, which prevent us from experiencing the blessing of the Lord. In one of the uh, uh, morning, Sunday mornings, while I was in the United States and preparing to minister to a particular church, God showed me a vision of a congregation that was, um, that was, um, how can I put it? I saw layers of plastic over the congregation, which prevented the water of the spirit from reaching the hearts and minds of the people. And when I came into the congregation and preached the word of repentance, I saw the hand of the Lord remove the plastic and then the water was able to come and fall upon each heart and mind and they began to rejoice and they began to show signs of life and a spiritual awakening. What prevented the spirit from reaching them was the layer of plastic. That to me speaks of a hardness of heart that when a heart gets hardened, you lose your sense of perception. You lose your ability to spiritually perceive and understand spiritual things. That's why I say that repentance breaks up the fallow ground of our hearts and removes the layers of hardness which came about as a result of disobedience. Now, I believe that it does not take long to repent or adjust our attitude. The moment we bring things to the light, 
The word of God says they are dealt with and they are judged. In fact, Paul spoke about this and he said in 1 Corinthians 11.31 that if we judge ourselves, we will not be judged by the Lord. He spoke that to the Corinthians as they came to the table of the Lord to receive communion. He said that if we judge ourselves, we will not be judged by the Lord. Peter also said in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 17, For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God, and if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? In coming to the conclusion of my message this morning, I believe that if there is one key message for the church in this hour, it is the message of repentance. May the Lord grant us true and genuine repentance that we may experience refreshing and a spiritual awakening. If you have, you need to search your own heart. I need to search my own heart. Lord, where have I been disobedient? Where have I grieved your spirit? And wait before God. Let the spirit of God begin to highlight areas that we need to check, that we need to repent of. It could be a small thing. It could be a great thing. And so if we do that, the Lord promises that he will bring about a spiritual and a soulish awakening that will bring us back under the shadow of the Almighty. And so I'd like to leave these words with you. The title of my message this morning was The Wise and the Foolish. And so, church, Jesus said, as many as I love, I rebuke and I chasten. And you need to get serious with God, all of us. We need to examine our hearts, our faith. In fact, Paul said to the Corinthians, examine yourselves, test yourselves. Are you really in the faith? Have you got experiential knowledge of the Lord? Are you obedient to his words, to the words that you know? Amen. And so let me conclude with a prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for the call to repent, the call to thoroughly examine ourselves in the light of your holy countenance. And your word declares that in your light alone we shall see light. Enable us to see things from your own perspective and show us the areas of our lives, of our walk with you, areas in our thought patterns, thoughts that we have embraced, thoughts that we have received, whether they be thoughts of fear, of unforgiveness or bitterness, areas in our lives that perhaps we have not walked in gentleness, in kindness and in love toward those around us, especially towards the closest ones we have. We ask that you reveal yourself to us and grant us your mercy and your grace uh, 
and the gift of true and genuine repentance that will bring forth fruit to the glory and honor of your precious name. We humble ourselves before you, Lord. We acknowledge the sins of pride and prejudice. We acknowledge, Father, areas that need cleansing. And we ask for your merciful and your gentleness and your grace to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we ask all of these things, not in our own name, not in our own righteousness, but in the name that is above every other name, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for it and we bless you for it. Amen and amen. We hope that you've enjoyed this message. For additional resources and more information, come and visit us at alphaomega.org.za.